Oh, what a difference. A little decent writing and some interesting characters can do for a show. Yeah. It's not really all that surprising. <laughs> they took us, what, a day and a couple of hours to watch all of that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Einstein's right. Time is completely relative. Oh. Okay. Did you really not know where I was going with that? No, I was trying to do something with with accelerating as you get. No. It's okay. Virtual head pat. I love you. Yeah, uh, but I mean, like, <laughs> this is a time travel related episode. Do we need so. to pause and give you a minute to come with a come up with a comeback? No. Okay. No. You know you're adorable, right? I am? Mm-hmm. That's good yeah. to know. <laughs> so you're making dinner tonight, right? Sure. Uh, I know where the phone is. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Anywho, what did we watch this week? We didn't play for a sec. Well, get on it, old man. I'm Jay. I'm Stacy. And this is Marvel Movie Night. Now, what did we watch this week? This week, we watched Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7. Season 7 already? Yes, the goodbye season. It doesn't seem like it. Seven seasons. No. I mean, this show has been with us basically since the beginning. And uh, I forgot to do some of the research. (gasps) You came downstairs and interrupted me in the middle of getting ready to do stuff. And you weren't even ready? I mean, we've been watching this show. This is the second show we, we started a season of. Like, this is the first thing after Blade to TV that was a... A TV season that we watched. Well, maybe that's why I like it so much. And it's been <laughs> with us. It's sad to see it go. Oh, I wasn't that sad. I mean, I like the show, but come on. It's a good show. All right. It's an ABC show. Mm-hmm. Which is surprising in parts. That ran from the 27th of May, 2020. Mm-hmm. To the 12th of August, 2020. So this was a COVID show. I mean, no. Yes, that is that is definite lockdown time. Okay. Uh, created by Joss and his brother, uh, Joss Whedon, and his brother Jed. Jed? Yeah, I think that's what I said. And starring? Clark Gregg. Ming-Na Wen, Chloe Bennett, Elizabeth Henstridge, Henry Simmons, Natalia Cordova-Buckley, Jeff Ward, Ian DeCastecker, Joel Stopher, Thomas Sullivan, Diane Doan, Brianna Venskis, Stephen Bishop, Maximilian Osinski, Tamara Taylor from Bones, Enver, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's G J O K A J. 
Joka? Yoka? I don't know. Uh, Katie O'Brien. And um, little baby Fitzsimmons is Harlow Happy Hexum. And then we've got Rachel Schenk and Jan Uden. Oh, I'm sorry. Also, Joss Lenny Smith. I skipped the redhead. Okay. That wasn't on purpose. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Um, I don't have the comps because we watched this and jumped to record it so quickly that uh, I didn't do any research. Jeremiah. Yeah. Uh, there's a song that talks about this season. And how nothing compares to it. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor. Really, you're going to invoke Sinead O'Connor. I'm offended for her. <laughs> Come on now. No, uh, seriously, like, I enjoyed this season a lot. Did it end in a satisfactory manner? I thought it was an amazing ending. I left feeling a little empty. Really? Yeah, because I wanted to see Fitzsimmons be happy. That's fair. And not just get them in bed. Most and, of their happily ever after was off screen. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to, you know, I don't know. But happy people don't make good television. Well, no. Which, yes, they do, because half of the end of the last episode was all happy people doing happy people things. Well. I wanted them to show it to me differently, is what I'm saying. Okay. Especially coming from a, a Joss, a, a, a bad yeah, robot Yeah, the fact direction. that Joss Whedon did a happy ending is <laughs> fucking shocking. I know you keep saying, like, Buffy and Angel ended well and stuff, but I don't remember them ending well. Uh, you know, here's the thing, though. I tend to forget the ends of shows. Okay. Like, because you spend so much time with the rest of the show, you usually only watch the end once. Yeah. Unless you're re-watching over and over again. And I usually skip. I don't watch the last season of something. I go back to the beginning. And keep watching it over and over and over again, and then it never ends. Yeah, like how how do the how does the Voyager crew get home? Nobody knows. You know, the ending of Voyager is convoluted, and I always get confused about which ending is actually the ending. I always get um, Janeway sacrificing herself mixed up with Kim uh, going and finding the uh, Voyager on some snow planet or whatever. That's a different episode. I don't like the way they ended the last season of that whole show. <laughs> I'm one of the very few people to even like that show. Yeah. Not a lot of people dig it. Yeah. I... I. What I don't understand is people like DS9 better than Voyager, and I think DS9 is absolute trash. The... All that religious bunk. Yeah. Uh... No. I don't like yeah. it. There's so many things to complain about about DS9 I mean, to include them being stuck in the same place all the time, which is boring. That and show, then that fucking three-year-long war, boring. That show was so boring, they they had to steal Worf and O'Brien to keep it And going. Dax. Well, Dax wasn't from TNG. Um. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm not thinking Dax. Who am I thinking? 
Um, I don't know what I was thinking now. Uh, uh, Cork was on, um, not as himself, but Cork was on uh, the original, or not the original series, shit, TNG. In one of the really awful first season episodes. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. back to the show we were just watching. Yes, we, we both thought this was a good season. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we ended the last season, because I'm just going to dive in. Uh, we ended the last season in that temple. And the evil demon shit. With I didn't the, like any of that temple crap. With the the bats that turned you into crystal-making zombies. Yeah, I didn't like any of that. Uh, and maze dying on the floor. Uh, now, and now watching this last season, I like that whole storyline even less. Yeah. I don't know what I said about it the last time we talked about it, but <laughs> now that I've watched this one, I like it even less because in comparison, it's trashed. And they took back everything that had weight because May comes back almost immediately. So all of that emotion was wasted. Yeah. So at the end of the season, Simmons shows up with a like a stasis healing pod. They throw May in it. They jump on the Zephyr and then blip through or, or blink through time. Yeah. And so we start out in New York City in 1931. Which, I mean, I really enjoyed all that. I, I, I like that this show does time stuff really well. They, they do, whoever works on their costumes and their set design does a great job. Absolutely. And they all, every single one of our characters looked more attractive and adult in the 1930s. They did. Yeah. Like, it was remarked out loud, even. Yeah, they were all really looking looking dapper. Yeah, I think for white people, 1930-something was definitely peak fashion. And it's all downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, jeggings and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Today's fashion is not fashion. Some of it is. I thought... We've, we've done a lot of time travel recently. Like, time travel has been featured very heavily. Yeah, well, both for and not for the podcast. Yeah, and I thought I was going to be upset because <laughs> Legion jacked up time travel and Runaways jacked up time travel. I refuse to believe Legion did any time travel at all whatsoever. <laughs> but also, I have no idea what happened in that entire show. So we're just going to pretend like it didn't happen. And so I was a little apprehensive coming into this. Except for this show has earned trust from you. Yes. So you should have given it a second. Um, They've already done time travel and they did it pretty well. I mean, it all resolved itself and we didn't weren't left with um, any loose threads that I remember. No, 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 no. It, it was done well. Um, especially since it's an alternate timeline that doesn't have any effect on reality anyway. Yeah, I don't like that part because that's, that's way too easy of an out. But sure. since they already did it, they had no choice but to do it again. Yeah. So it made sense. I mean, it, as long as it makes sense, I can let it go. Um, but right from the get, like Simmons came prepared for time travel. 
She's got a drawer full of money of, of different denominations yeah, and currencies. How did currencies. she know that this was going to happen? Because we had no buildup to this. No, but she had, as we'll find out, years of buildup for this. Yeah, but how? But how did they know that the cron shit chronotoms? Nope, not. Cr- I can't say it now. You have fucked me up so bad. The time robots. There's no T in it. And I can't seem Chromatons. to say Chromatons. No T. Chromacons. Yes. Chromacon. Chromacons. There we go. Anyway, they knew that those guys were going back in time to fuck with time. How'd they know that? Because Enoch told them so. Did he? Yes. Okay. Plus, they had a copy of the time, uh, what they call it, the time stream. Stream, yeah. Device. Okay. So basically, Enoch told him. Yes. That's all I wanted to know. Yeah. Because I didn't see that part until seven episodes in. But so Simmons was prepared with with money from currency from every era. And clothes from every era, and they were ready to, they were ready to do it. And they did it right. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. no, they had they had Deke buy the clothes, um, but she had money from every era. Yeah, they were they were as smart about time traveling as that timeline show was. Remember timeline where they had that entire warehouse full of different eras of clothes and oh, yeah. money and accessories and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, that I appreciated the fuck out of, cause that's how I would do time travel. An entire warehouse of everything you could think of. Yeah. Think of the years of shopping that would have to happen. <laughs> the treasure hunting. And so, Colson takes him to a speakeasy. He's looking for a SSR contact named Gemini. And who's that? Is this somebody we've heard of before? It's a it's the ancestor of somebody we've heard of before. Who? It's one of the Canings. <laughs> I love that dude so much. I do too. He's so fun. Yeah. I only ever really started liking him after I found out who his wife was. Sure. And then she passed away. And then she posthumously caught the Golden State Killer. And it has endeared him to me for some reason. But now I can really appreciate his whole personality. I The first time we saw him was on King of Queens, and I didn't really dig his personality all that much then. No, but now he comes across as a, a genuinely decent dude. Yeah. Who totally nerds out in many of the same ways I do. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like him. He's the same kind of nerd you are. Yeah. He's adorable. And his stand-up is pretty good, too. Yeah. <clears throat> um... That's so, Patton Oswalt. Yes, Patton Oswalt. Oswald? Oswalt. Uh, T? T? Whatever. Son of a bitch. No, we can't <laughs> whatever it now, because he was also in the season. You told me to pick a random episode, and I did, and it didn't have him in it. So I didn't say his name. His name is Patton Oswalt. With a T. 
Yeah, so the, the Chromacons are here in 1932 because their plan is to eliminate S.H.I.E.L.D. before S.H.I.E.L.D. is born. Yeah. Well, he's also completely abandoned the... Uh, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Never mind. Different guy. Never mind. I uh, I jumped ahead. And the way they're going to do that is they're going to stop Hydra from becoming a threat because if there is no Hydra, then S.H.I.E.L.D. has no reason to stand up. I mean... No, S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't only stand up because of HYDRA. Yeah, well... No, because HYDRA was over... They thought HYDRA was done at the war, at the end of the war. Yeah, but the SSR, the... the S.H.I.E.L.D. would have ended up popping up anyway after the war because of the supernatural shit that started happening. Probably. It, it would have. There, there was a void. But the... Uh, the SSR, which was the birth of S.H.I.E.L.D., was mm -hmm. in response to HYDRA. Sure. So if you don't stand up the SSR, there's no seeds for S.H.I.E.L.D. Sure. That's the logic they present. Well, I mean, eventually, it might be called something different, but eventually the same organization is going to have to pop up sure. because of all of the 08 force. Yeah. And um, the incident and all that stuff. So. But, I mean, it's it's false logic. It does give us the really awesome moment where Coulson's LMD, who we're just going to call Coulson. Yeah. LMD being his android. His life model decoy, yeah. Physical person. Yeah. I don't like life model decoy. It's... it's decoy it makes comes. it sound like a, um, a trick. Well, it, it's supposed to be. All of the LMDs in the in the early comics... Sure. I'm just saying, he's an android. ...are literally body doubles so that sure. bad things can happen to your heroes without them getting hurt. Yeah, well, and you know how I feel about that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, but we get that moment where Coulson is like, in order to save S.H.I.E.L.D., we have to save Hydra. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah... Again, I'm. I mean, I understand why they jumped to that conclusion. But see, here's the problem, and 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 this is the beginning of the problem with Daisy, stupid fucking ass. You don't say we have to save Hydra. You say we must preserve the timeline. Yes. Because it's not saving Hydra. It's preserving. What you know as your legitimate history. Yes. Um, and the fear here is you have no idea how things are going to turn out, so you're not going to pop up in your life having it look the same, and that's scary. But you don't know that it's going to be better or worse or anything, so I, the panic is unnecessary, I think. But he, he, he set it up wrong. He set it up like, uh, we're on the side of the bad guys now, which you know made uh, Daisy's ass itch. Oh, yeah. But they needed to they needed to say we have to they preserve the timeline. Paint it better. Yeah. And Old Deke comes out with an explanation that they're, they're really worried about messing up the timeline just by being there. Yeah. And Deke 
came up, posited a theory on time travel that uh, I hadn't heard very often and I really liked. He talked about time not as a, uh, a finite series of events, but as a, a river moving downstream. Yeah. And he says, you can, you can make ripples in the water, but it, all the water is going to go to the same place one way or the other. Sure. You throw some sticks in there, the sticks are going to get swept away. They're going to disturb, they're going to make ripples, but they're yeah. going to And get... ripples being things like buying a carton of eggs at the grocery store. Yeah. So the person that was supposed to get that carton of eggs doesn't get that particular carton of eggs. Yeah. Small thing, and it probably doesn't have any consequences. He says you throw too many sticks in the river, you make a dam, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But as long as you keep your impact minimal... Ripples, not waves. Ripples, not waves. And that became a, a common mantra through the... Not that they listened to themselves as they were saying those words, however. Yeah. There was a lot of frustration and yelling for me uh, for this season because I liked everything in this season except Daisy, but that's usually how it goes. I would like to go back in time and murder that bitch so that she doesn't ruin my show. <laughs> And they seem to think she's the main character in this show, and they are fucking wrong. She's definitely set up as the POV character in the beginning. and Well, yeah, because you have to have a newbie so that you have a reason to explain everything. Yeah. But they could have thrown her away <laughs> in the first season. I really thought she was only going to be around for the first season. She and Ward should have gone off a cliff together. <laughs> I f can't stand her. She not she has had zero character development the entire show. I don't that, think that's true. It is because any time anything uh, goes slightly off and it hurts her feelings, she goes ape shit and does stupid things. Every time she is given an order, she does what they do in the Runaways, and she. She runs off half-cocked and does whatever the fuck she wants, despite any and all orders. Yeah. To include stupid shit, like shooting a guy in the face, or trying to shoot a guy in the face, which is going to absolutely ruin the entire timeline and no. help the Chromacons. I, I just want to choke her to death. We have to make sure this guy safely transfers this stuff to these people. Huh, okay, cool. but let's just go ahead and kill him. No, Daisy. You can't kill him. That's what the bad guys want. Well, and it's not just that. It's not just that one moment. He has to go on to then do multiple other things yeah. that are essential to her life and everyone else's life coming out exactly the way they were supposed to. Because this is one of the founding members of Hydra. This is this is a Malik. This is Gordon Malik's daddy. Gordon Malick being one of the big bads from the first couple of seasons. If he doesn't live his life, Hydra doesn't happen. Yeah, and if Hydra doesn't happen, they think she sure won't happen. happen. But if Hydra doesn't happen, then um, a whole lot of shit also doesn't happen. A lot of bad guys don't get caught because even like Hydra was doing good stuff while they were pretending they were to be shield. shield. So yeah. all everything that they did that was good gets erased. All like just so many things. Like every teeny tiny little interaction, every little ripple that they make, and those ripples all turning into waves, and then like the entire flow of the river. 
Yeah. It affects everything. But she literally, uh, at one point, literally orders Deke to shoot Malik. I mean, she's not the director. That decision is so far above her pay grade. And it's something that S.H.I.E.L.D., they're always saying, oh, we don't kill, we don't kill, which we all know is bullshit. However, they sure as fuck don't assassinate. Yeah. And you can't assassinate someone. I, I mean, like, if your rule is we don't assassinate, you sure as fuck can't assassinate someone for future crime. You know? Well, that's where things get complicated, because it's his future, but it's their past. Yeah, but... um. Either way, if you if you stole baby Hitler, brought him to America, gave him to a family, and they loved him and nurtured him and took care of him, got him the mental help that he so desperately needed, he wouldn't have turned into Hitler. No, but I do believe somebody else would have rose up and taken power to not like that. I don't know. It's it it's like like if you murdered Donald Trump right now, another Donald, if you had murdered him before he became president, another Donald Trump wasn't coming. There was no Donald, that was a very specific formula of stupid that happened. Um, and without him, it, it wouldn't have happened. It just wouldn't have. Okay. There, it's like, it's like uh, time and history are like a good TV show. You don't know exactly what it is that's going to make an amazing TV show, but when you watch it, you're like, that's it right there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One little thing is off, and it's not the fucking same. So if one little thing had been off about Trump, <laughs> he wouldn't have become Hitler. I mean, the president. Okay. Either way, the stated mission is preserve the time. Yes. At yeah. all costs. And they seem to mostly do so in 31. I mean, except for Daisy trying to go rogue. Yeah. And poor Deke not knowing what was going on. Um, almost following an order. You know what really annoys me about that, though, is that Daisy's all, uh, I have more rank than you. Except... This isn't a situation where they actually have rank or observe a chain of command because the boss of the entire organization is with them all the time. Yeah. Uh, That whole thing has fallen to absolute pieces, and she doesn't have rank on anybody. Yeah, because the way they paint S.H.I.E.L.D., it's friggin' six people. Yeah. Uh, And for all we know, it really is. He should be in an office somewhere. Um, mentoring people who are out recruiting people who are out taking training and becoming agents and standing up the organization again. But instead, he wants to be a soldier. Um, well, but also they haven't had a moment's rest to rebuild. Well, no. if he fucking left the ship and went to the president <laughs> and said, let's rebuild this in an intelligent way. The thing is, is we know that there's other parts of S.H.I.E.L.D. that are operating perfectly fine. Because Fury's got a space station. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they don't even know that he's the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah. He's the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. on that ship. Yeah. It re- don't think about it too hard. I'm not. They get notified that the ship is jumping in 15 minutes. 
because they're not in control of the jumps. This was so confusing for way too long. They kind of think that maybe Fitz, wherever he is, Simmons doesn't know and can't tell. Because, as we'll find out later, she's... Gemma doesn't think this. Gemma's the one that corrected them and told them what was really going on. I remember her explaining it to everybody. Yeah. They weren't listening, but I was. Fair enough. Um, but what's really happening is when the, the, the space robots jump, mm. they kind of follow in the wake of the jump. Yeah. Which um, is a very lazy. So Because they don't have enough juice to make their time travel machine go. Yeah. Now, because they get notified that they've got so little time to jump, they barely gather up all of the humans, and Enoch gets left behind. Which, I mean, is okay, because see, he's long-lived, and he doesn't have emotions, right? And it's only been ten years when they time travel. So ten years is not that long in the lifetime of a thousands-of-year-old robot guy. That's fair. Uh, except he does have feelings, and they hurt them. They did hurt his feelings. The next jump takes them to 1955 in Groom Lake, Nevada, which uh, <laughs> is so funny. Astute people will know is Area 51. <laughs> yeah, the little little adorable town outside Area 51 that's nothing but alien souvenirs. <laughs> um, their first attempt at Destroying S.H.I.E.L.D. before it's born, having been foiled. The space-time robots now... Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> space-time robots... Are now going to access some tech that uh, the SSR is working on. Uh, that is supposed to be really awesome but they're going to modify it and turn it into a giant bomb because this just happens to be when all of the people that start S.H.I.E.L.D. are in a single place at a single time. Which seems like a bad idea. Well, sure, but it, the, the security was great. If the robots weren't able to steal people's faces, the security would have been off. Okay, except for the fact that several people infiltrated the place simply by saying, hi, I'm so-and-so. Yeah, well. So, and as a matter of fact, they're, it's like they didn't realize people could lie. Because after all of the subterfuge and they get caught, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dark-haired dude. Susa? Susa. Yeah. She tells him that she's, Jenna tells him that he she's CIA and he just believes her. Yeah. N not, it doesn't question it a bit. Even though he knows that all they did was come in and fib. Yeah. Just a very light, nothing to back it up, fib again, and we're off. Yeah, so they steal the ID of one of the people that's supposed to be there, and Coulson pretends to be him. Simmons goes in, Simmons goes in pretending to be somebody even more awesome. Agent Carter? Peggy Carter. I'm Sad we didn't see Peggy Carter. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen her also. It would have been cool if she had just walked up and said, Who are you again? And they're, they take over. They pretend it's a surprise inspection. 
They start interrogating people, trying to find the robots. Uh, and everything is going smooth. Okay, but this is ridiculous, because instead of just asking them questions and observing everybody, they are trying to solicit emotional responses. Because the Kremicons can't emote. Yeah. But they're saying things that... I mean, normal people wouldn't react that way. If you're bawling about the concept of not rescuing a kitten, I'm going to think something's wrong with you. Like, you're the robot because you're overreacting to that scenario. <laughs> Why would you think I would ever do that? Ridiculous. They've almost interrogated everyone until someone shows up to foil their plan. <laughs> and it's Daniel Souza, mm -hmm. who we know and love from the Peggy Carter show. Who I had pegged as Peggy's future husband. Yeah, but now you know that's Steve Rogers. Yeah, but I would much rather it was Sousa. Possibly, yeah. I, I was so glad when he popped up, because I was like, ooh, do you think he's going to be in the rest of the season? I like his personality. I like his... He's a good guy, but he's like a gen, like genuinely a good guy. Yeah. And... Maybe has a thing for really strong women and can't help himself when it comes to them. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah. He also, he played uh, Victor in Dollhouse. Yes. And um, I'm happy to say that as, as pretty as he was younger, he is still as attractive as he's getting older, and it makes me happy. Okay. Well, some dudes... That doesn't happen. Um, but Sousa shows up and they tell him Peggy Carter's here and investigating people. And he's like, ooh, Peggy. Was he like, ooh, Peggy? Because I thought he was suspicious immediately. And uh, he goes down there and it's not Peggy. And he immediately. My impression was that he was skeptical immediately. Like he knew she was somewhere else and something oh, was wrong. Okay. Okay. That's 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 how I interpreted the expression on his face. That's a better take <clears throat> for the character. Well, I I feel like he knew. Okay. You have to go back and watch it again. Yes. Watch his face. This is possibly the only one of these shows that I want to rewatch. Well, if I put this on for a bedtime show, are you going to be able to go to sleep? Maybe. I don't think you will. Um, I think it'll be like Friends, where I think you're asleep and all of a sudden you start giggling. Which is one of my favorite things, I have to say. You just start giggling in your sleep, or what I think is your sleep. So Coulson and Simmons get arrested. The robots show up. Shenanigans happen. Watch the show. Great scenes. Um, but eventually, Yo-Yo uh, and Mac, or May... Save them. Simmons tr fixes the uh, EMP device. Uh, stops Yo-Yo from being murdered by a robot who's trying to make the bomb happen. Uh, that was confusing. Why in the holy fuck was the alien robot chick choking her with the electrical cord that she was trying to plug into the thing? Why didn't she just whip it off of her so she could plug it in? Well, she wanted to stop her and accomplish the mission. Yes, but what she was trying to do was stupid. Well, sure. It was just annoying to me. And, and it was slightly confusing. I don't know. I didn't like that part. Phil does get a little hurt in the rescue mission. 
Phil Coulson. Uh, but they they fail this plot. Uh, and then the next episode. It, it, what bothers me about that is all they had to do was go back and fix it. And then they could do it again after S.H.I.E.L.D. left. Like they could just do it again in a year. Without time yeah, but traveling. All of the S.H.I.E.L.D. All of the. The whole purpose was that all of those people were there. Well, when they rebuild the rocket, all those people will show back up to watch the launch. Maybe they'll have learned their lesson. I really doubt it. <laughs> um. Yeah, so then the next episode, and it's mostly in black and white. Phil is damaged, and so the color has fallen out of him. Uh, his ability to see color has stopped. Oh, is that what that is? Yes, and so they show us what they show us the world in black and white. I didn't catch that. He's also doing a film noir. Uh, yeah, every one of these episodes has a is a the um the theme of the decade they're in. Yes, to include the um the title cards, which are yeah. Uh, Time appropriate. The opening sequences, title cards, um, the black and white episode. You know, I I grew up watching black and white TV. And so I still ease right into black and white and I don't see it. As a matter of fact, uh, like when I was a kid, I could tell what colors were what. Like you could just tell what color. My brain would put color on there. Yeah. So... At the end of the episode, when the color comes back and you exclaimed, I had no idea what you were talking about because I was still seeing the exact same picture. <laughs> and and you had to explain to me that the color came back. I just, it's just, it all looks normal. Black and white looks perfectly normal to me. I'd be so happy if I could time travel. <laughs> so I'm the perfect person to do so. So still in 1955, we find out... That Daniel Souza is the first S.H.I.E.L.D. agent to die in the line of duty. Yeah. And he, he dies while delivering some uh, an 084 to Howard Stark. I simultaneously hate and love that we never know what that is. And it's just a block of metal. And looks like absolutely nothing. I wanted to know what the fuck it was because everybody was like, ooh. Yeah. But at the same time, I love they didn't tell us because that's not what the episode's about. No, Simmons starts nodding out over it. And then May comes in and our first sign that something's up with May. Yeah, May exactly. starts nerding out over it too. Like no, super emoting. That definitely was not the first sign that something is wrong with May. No, she was being weird that whole time. So um, weird, like robotic. Even more so than she normally is. <laughs> I mean, she's she's fairly unemotional usually, but she has anger, and and she's been really deadpan for a couple episodes. But because they've already started making big ripples, mm-hmm. Susa is now not the guy that's going to deliver the Elite Four to Howard. And so the timeline's going to change. And Coulson is himself was very uh, drawn by Seuss's story. Like, Seuss is known by every S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that goes to the Academy. Well, and Coulson is a history nerd. Big history nerd. He probably has a, a Seuss uh, trading card. And his cufflinks or something. Yeah. 
so despite the fact that he likes the guy, they now the mission now is to get Sousa back in place to die on top. This episode explores May having um, panic attacks and, and she has become like a an empath. Yeah, well, when they explain that, you realize those aren't panic attacks. They are bursts of emotion that she is getting from someone else. Yeah. Which would probably look like a panic attack if you go from having zero emotion to having an overload of any emotion. It and was, it was, it's interesting that they gave that to her. And yeah. then it didn't really come to much. I mean, it was helpful along the way. Yeah. But I thought that she was going to, like, hook up with Robot Colson or something. Uh, with this newfound yeah, because she emotional can, intelligence. She can touch people and not get emotions from them and know their, their chromatons. Yeah, but she can also read people. Yeah. Um, which is a very strategically helpful situation. Yep. Um, and so they talk around the issue a bit and Mac being the second worst decision maker on the team, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the boss, the, the boss, uh, he decides that they're going to save Sousa despite what it might do to the timeline. She doesn't make any sense. No. I mean... I mean, I get it. He's a nice guy and you wouldn't want him to die, but why would you deliberately fuck with things when you know what the consequences are? The consequences being there wasn't the timeline split off and you're just like, what are you going to do? You're, you're now off on a third tangent of timeline. Your life is gone and over. What what did they think that they were going to do? I don't know. I really don't know. They just kept skipping forward in time. And what they they really, they were not thinking timey-wimey. They were not thinking fourth dimensionally. They were not. And that bugs me. Because there's a lot of shit they could have avoided if they had thought four dimensionally. They'd, again, sitting down around the table and brainstorming yeah. would have headed off a bunch of bullshit. Well, and they've left Enoch behind. They they keep reaching out to him and talking to him, but he's he's not part of the team to help them think fourth dimensionally. No, they purposefully leave him. And Simmons is having cognitive issues, which we don't understand until later. I, you know, the fucked up thing is, I didn't even realize Fitz wasn't around until several episodes in, and I'm like, where the fuck is Fitz? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't ever understand why Fitz needed to not be there. You know, oh, they said he needed to be a tether to their original timeline. I mean, it could have been anybody. Sure. But also the bad guys were looking for him because they said that any timeline where Fitz existed was a timeline where they were going to lose. So they they were trying to... Ironically, Fitz wasn't even in that timeline. (laughs) Ever. So... They make sure that the 084 gets passed off to Howard Stark. And then we see Sousa getting shot and falling into the pool of water. 
Yeah, the only problem is um, I recognized Coulson immediately. <laughs> so I wasn't ever like, oh, no, he's dead, because I knew that wasn't him. No. And it, I kind of questioned myself a little bit. I'm like, well, maybe that was a stunt double falling into the pool. But I was like, no, my impression was that was Coulson. Yeah. And then it freaking was. It turns out it was Coulson because... It's, it's cool that they actually used Coulson instead of doing what some shows would do and use the real guy and then go back and lie and say it was Coulson the whole time. Yeah, so Coulson, Coulson being a LMD, uh, he can take a couple bullets to the back and float in the pool for a while without having to breathe. I do really enjoy this episode. Yeah. Um, so they saved Sousa, and they bring him back to the Zephyr. But they also saved the timeline. They've also saved the timeline because they pull him out. Um, what they don't rescue, uh, who they don't rescue, is Enoch. Uh-huh. Because the jump's about to happen. Again. Um, so he gets left behind again. Uh so fucked up. Also, one of the Chromacons stay behind because they're tired of getting thwarted. And so this guy's going to stay behind and help Mallet figure things out. Yeah. Um, which is the one thing that they did they should have done in the first place oh, yeah. that absolutely ruined everything for a really long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the tech is, what they say, like 40 years ahead of time. Yep. Um. And they basically just told him everywhere everyone's going to be and when and why and how. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they really do seem unbeatable. Yeah. Hydra becomes super accelerated. Malik doesn't die when he's supposed to. His kids survive. Uh, the, oh, you mean his kid who didn't exist in the first place and this is a new soul in the timeline? His kid did it. No. Uh-uh. no. Yeah. No. No, no. They but, specifically said that that kid wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, because he was supposed to die with his father. No, they said he... No, that's not what yeah. they said. No, no. I promise. That is not the what I heard. The I'm sorry. That they said to my ear. That was Gordon Malick's brother. I'm going to watch it again. Okay. Ow. Uh, this next jump takes them to the 70s, uh, and one of the cooler of the title cards. What? Oh, yeah, it was really cool. Mm. It was like a Charlie's Angels kind of... No. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, well, you're weird. And they finally go to rescue Enoch, but he's not there in the bar. Yeah, because he's not just going to sit there by the phone waiting for their dumb asses. <laughs> well, he'd only been gone for a year, though, is the ironic thing. Um, and they were they were happy that they had made it to a point past Malik's supposed to be dead, but he's not dead. Him and his kids are in the bar. Um, Why do you keep saying kids? Because Malik has two sons. When did we ever see the second son? Gordon Malick is the guy from earlier in the show who is the big threat. The timeline has changed. Uh-huh. And this, what other kid are you talking about? Nathaniel Malick. Who's that? He's the guy that becomes the big asshole going forward. Are those two different humans? Yes. 
Uh, what? The why did they? I'm sorry, exactly? not Gordon Gideon Malik. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. There was only one kid. We didn't get a lot of Gideon in this season. I, mm, you look up Gideon Malik. Yeah, so Stacy found Gideon. Um, yeah, Gideon, who was only in two episodes, and I don't even recognize his face because I don't know how the fuck you know who these people are, but he was unless a, they say, hey, this is my son, then it didn't happen. He was a super big deal in the early seasons. He does not play a big part in this season because Nathaniel Malik, who was supposed to have died with his father in uh, 80... Whatever. Yes, who was supposed to have died with his father a couple of years ago, is not dead because obviously the chromacon the chrom the chromacons have changed the timeline, and now Nathaniel, who's a whiny little bitch, uh, is there with his dad at the bar. Because they're all there at the bar to celebrate the fact that Project Insight is going to launch in a few years. And I know you watched the season, but do you recall where we're supposed to remember Project Insight from? No. <laughs> okay. Project Insight is the giant... Uh, his... Oh, Nathaniel was supposed to be sacrificed in a Hydra ritual. Oh, okay. In 1970. Okay. So that's why they said he wasn't supposed to be there in that timeline. Because he was supposed to be dead. But he was supposed to be sacrificed, not died in an accident. Okay. Uh, because when they talked about his dad dying, they didn't say anything about, you were confusing me, because they literally did not say that anybody died with him. So I was confused. Okay. Anyway. Project Insight. No, I've never heard of it. I don't know what it is. Yes, you do. Giant satellite. No, I'm now I know what it is, but before this I didn't. This is the this is the uh, thing in Captain America: Civil War mm -hmm. that was the the whole Hydra turning was them launching Insight and taking out all of the Shield agents all at once with this giant. They use a satellite space gun. Yeah, the satellite was actually a gun. It it could target hundreds of people at the same time and you know I was not paying up. attention to the name of the project. This is why I'm reminding you. I don't need to remember. So we're calling back previous okay. things. I mean, despite the fact that the one that they take out here isn't a space gun, is it? Yes, Project Insight, yes. But only because the Chromacons have Helped gotten involved. Helped them build it early, yes. Sure, okay. All right. Um, and... Some of the targets that they are going to take out now in the 70s include Agent Carter, young Agent Fury, and the child, Bruce Banner. Yeah, um, it's an interesting pick. They had like a whole list of people. They didn't, yeah. they didn't name everybody, but... Um, were you as annoyed as I was that they didn't even bother to try to save anybody? Like, on the map, when they show all the things going out, 
there's like a whole bunch of... Um, well, that's much later. Okay. I won't remember to say it then, but sure. Okay. Keep talking. <laughs> it's not funny. I, I... Um, insight's a big, big deal. Uh, and before they can stop Insight from launching... Their their ship jumps again, and they're in 76, which is the year that InSight is going up. They're like, they're the day it launches. Um, and they're going to, uh, they're going to stop the attack, but it turns out, uh, that they have Mac's parents in the lighthouse in a prison cell. So they can't just bomb the place. Plus, like, the lighthouse is impervious to outside attack, which makes no fucking sense. All of the other shield bases they have all over the place, and this is the one that can survive any attack. It's under the ocean. Okay. I don't know. And so because they have his parents... He Mac ends up letting the launch happen instead of stopping it, even though he's got people capable of doing that. Um, so Mac's willing to sacrifice the entire fucking timeline for his parents. Yeah, because he's a fucking moron. They're not even his parents. Like, this isn't his timeline. Yeah. Um but once they uh, rescue his parents, he then shoots the satellite out of the sky. So everything is fine? Ish? I, I don't understand. Except Nathaniel, who Daisy had used as a hostage to escape from the bar a couple of years ago. Uh, he now captures her and Susan. And hauls them off. Um, because he has, he is going to use some uh, of the same methods that were used on her mom to experiment on her because he wants powers. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that guy. I, this whole stealing powers thing, well, I don't know. And he's somehow able to do it. Like, I, I I don't know. They don't fucking explain one goddamn bit of this. They really don't. It they happens. suck juices out of them. Yeah. He That's takes, literally what they said was juices. He takes blood and spinal fluid um, and almost kills Daisy. Um, Unfortunately. <laughs> now, Daisy does show uh, a little bit of badassness here. Because she smuggles a piece of broken glass in her palm back to where they're holding And that was so out of character that I was shocked. I contend that glass blew at her and she went like this and put her hands up in front of her face and it embedded into her palm. And uh, and that's how that ended up in there. Because she's not that badass. No, but near death. She pulls it out of her palm and hands it to Sousa. I mean, is she? Because without intervention, she didn't die. Well, once they got her back to the Zephyr, they put her in that magic healing pot. 
you know, the hand wave magic healing pod is lazy writing. I don't like it. <laughs> Especially with the May is dead and then, oh wait, no, May is not dead. Crap. I didn't want May to be dead. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But the way they brought her back was ridiculous. It was a little bit, yeah. May and Coulson realize that the uh, the Chromacons are, are now able to mimic personalities, uh, which sets us up for a big reveal here in a minute. Deke catches Enoch working on Simmons' brain and reacts appropriately. No, he does not. No? No, he does not. If you see a friend working on your Nana... Uh, and Nana is awake and not resisting. The first response is, hey, what you doing? And then you react accordingly. We do not bust into rooms and attack friends unprovoked, without context. Simmons had been acting weird. The robot was messing with her brain. He couldn't beat the robot in a fair fight. He had to... Take preemptive action. Well, the only thing I'll give him is that he reacted so quickly that he didn't actually have a chance to think logically. He just saw and smashed. Yes. Normally, that would be admirable, but in this situation, it was (laughs) kind of dumb. He could have injured her, really. The team is rescuing everybody in the, the lighthouse. Coulson finds... That the Chromacon, the Chromacons are stationed down below the lighthouse, and he goes down in there and has a conversation. And this is where we find out that the uh, lady in charge is our friend from Bones, who we don't like. Cam. Uh, I mean, I only don't like her because she had sex with Bo or with Booth. Uh. And um, she came in and was like the boss of everything. And it made you, well, it made me resent the fucking shit out of her the entire time she was on the show. Yeah. Like, by she the was time, like a bossy bitch. And I didn't like her. By the time season eight or nine came around, we probably should have liked her. Didn't? But no. No, I don't like her personality at all. No, once I decide that you're an asshole. You're an asshole forever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that asshole did a good thing. And another, and another. Still an asshole. Yep. 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 Um, and Coulson, after talking to the seer, the, the, the fortune teller of the Chromacons. Uh, what they call, what they call him? Her. Her. What did they, sh- I don't remember. Anyway. The prognosticator, whatever. The, whatever. the chick with the uh, time the stream. Time stream. Which uh, isn't showing them the future. Apparently, it's showing them probabilities of decisions. Well, she sees all of the spiked timelines. I don't know what that means. She sees every offshoot of the timeline based on all the decisions that could happen. That's what I said. Yeah. She's seeing probabilities. Yeah. Which is not seeing the future. It is predicting 
they presented it as they know the future. Yeah. And they don't. They know all of the possibilities. Yes. Which is trash. Like Strange on that on Titan before they he handed over the time stuff. Yeah, and you know what? It's trash because it's millions of tiny little decisions that build up. It, there's no way it's helpful to know probabilities. I I mean, like the fact that they were able to pick with as much accuracy as they did was bullshit. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Because honestly, they were like, they showed up at this exact particular spot in this place and they're like, well, we knew you were going to be here. Well, no, you didn't. Because there was like a 10% possibility they were going to be somewhere else. Yeah. I don't know. It. They presented it one way and then, and then told the truth and it was disappointing. Having talked to her long enough for all of his people to get out of the building... Coulson then uh, suicide bombs her ship. Yeah. Which is not much of a sacrifice because nope. he's an LMD and they can rebuild him. I feel like if it was if it was anybody but him, this would be a dangerous precedent to set. Yeah. But Coulson's just like a quintessential good guy, so. Yeah. Meanwhile. Mac finds out just a little too late that his parents are robots and that they killed his real parents and took over years ago. Well, they said a while ago. Fair enough. Um, because when he goes to the graveyard, his parents died in 1970. And this is not 1970. So his parents died and they stole their faces or whatever. But the robots hadn't been raising him and his brother. Otherwise, there wouldn't be gravestones. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because when, when they said, these are your parents, at first I was like, oh, shit. His parents were robots. But he, young him never encountered robot parents. Um, so we get a cool scene where Mac and his friends have to kill his parents, which is great. Yeah, man. And then they get everybody back on the ship just in time to jump again. And as soon as they land, Mac jumps on a motorcycle and takes off. And, I mean, sure, that makes sense. We're in a situation where every second is dire. Yes, the ship and can jump without warning. And we're the fucking boss of everybody. Yep. And sometimes they get seconds of notice that they're going to jump. And so, get on the motorcycle and go. Yeah. The next episode, they show he got on the motorcycle and literally went 100 yards. Yeah, because Deke, try, knowing what it feels like to lose your parents at an early age, although Max not young. No, he's not. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah. It literally makes no sense. Deke decides he's going to go talk to him and try and help him feel better. Why is he upset? These aren't his parents. This isn't his timeline. They're time traveling, which means... Nothing is permanent until you quit. Yeah. So there's no reason to even get upset about these hypothetical parents he never saw. And he still remembers his entire timeline. It's annoying as piss, this temper tantrum he has. And who takes a motorcycle to go still within sight of the fucking shit? Yeah. Fucking dick. 
I I thought originally he was getting on the motorcycle to like go fuck up some people. Well, to go make sure he and his brother were okay. Oh, that would have been a good plan. Yeah. I mean, I could see that logically. Not knowing how far they had jumped into the future, but he, I, my assumption was he was going to go check on him and his brother. Yeah, because he, no. he he could be anywhere with anybody, being abused or yeah abandoned or God only knows. But no, he didn't care about that. Um, he just wanted to whine. But as soon as Deke catches up to Mac, two hundred yards away from the ship. Uh, the ship, they get a call from Gemma that there's something wrong with the time machine. And the ship jumps, leaving them stranded. And the only one I feel bad for is Deke. Yeah. It, it also makes no sense that they were there for such a short amount of time. Well, because they destroyed the ship that they were piggybacking on. Uh, oh, this was the first jump that, yes. of the fucked up ship? Yep. Oh, Okay. So, despite the uh, the description on the episode saying Mac is stranded in 1982. Yeah. What the fuck? Mac and Deke are both stranded in 1982. I think that description was written by Mac, who only cares about himself. He, he was. He's the worst fucking leader ever. Yeah. He should have been the one keeping morale up and... Making sure the kid didn't get himself in any trouble or cause any ripples. Yeah. Waves or stick dams or whatever. Mac goes into solitude, uh, doing a lot of drinking. How does he do this exactly? We The next time we see him, he's in a house. He's got unlimited beer, television, and and is able to... Eat whatever's in the house long enough that when Deke leaves some groceries, he didn't even bother to go get the groceries, let them rot on the porch. Yeah. Like, what the fuck sense did any of that make? That whole thing was not plausible. No, his his pity party didn't make a lot of sense. Well, there's no fucking way he even had enough cash to rent a house in his pocket when he left the ship. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. A little bit of explanation. Maybe he could be depressed in a place where they both live because Deke went out and got a job or something. But the fact that he's got a whole house. Even in 1980, it wasn't you couldn't just move in with no money. Yeah. Meanwhile, while Deke is trying to. This is the most get frustrating part of the whole season right here. I swear to God. Um. Meanwhile, there's a computer repair guy nearby whose computer starts talking to him. He's the most stereotypical fucking computer nerd. Oh, yeah. Dude walks in that he went to school with and is like, hey, dude, uh, fix this for me. And he's like, oh, you're so-and-so. And he thinks, like, I don't know, he's fucking famous or some shit. And he thinks the guy's a fan of his. He's like, no, we went to high school together. And the dude had no clue who he was. No. Treats him like crap. Yeah. And walks off. But on that computer is apparently uh, the seer, Sybil. Yeah. How the fuck did she, with no internet. I don't know. She just jumped into a random computer. Yeah. When the ship exploded, her essence latched on to a nearby heart. I'm, I'm not willing to accept that. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's stupid. 
Uh, and she starts weird science bullshit. They recreate weird science, yeah. which is which is what they were doing because it's a 1980s decade that they're in. So yeah. they did uh, short circuit and weird science together. Yeah. She starts printing him out uh, schematics and instructions, and he ends up building her uh, a Johnny Five body. Yep, and then we, we got the lovely dot matrix uh, printer sound. Yeah. Which I can't recreate, but I love. And once she's mobile and able to uh, do things on her own, he has fallen in love with her by now, but she just goes ahead and kills him and starts uh-huh. making a and bunch of dolls. this random computer nerd that's never done anything special in his life has made a robot with enough dexterity that she can make another robot, or apparently multiples they didn't show us multiples until the raid yeah they showed us only one but whatever it's not terribly believable um neither were the 80s really zeke finally get or deke finally gets through to mac and gets him to come to the bar uh mac looking scruffy as fuck and it turns out that while Mac has been throwing himself a pity party, Deke has not only become a rock star singing songs that are about to be released. Well, like five years in the future. Yeah. Uh, you he, know somebody is looking at their journal and getting really fucking mad. <laughs> that he totally wrote himself. Totally. <laughs> like, boy, George is going, how did he get my words? <laughs> But not only has he George made him, Michael, whoever it was. Yeah, not only has he made himself a rock star that everybody loves, that a, but he has also turned his band into a almost team of shield agents. I mean, it's pretty genius if you think about it. Oh yeah. He uh he is so adaptable. That you've dropped him how many years into his past? Oh yeah. And his his fucking director has abandoned him. He has to survive somehow, and he manages he manages to make money. He manages to come up with a cover, and he manages to uh, get people um, to fulfill the different aspects of a team. Yeah, he. At the very least, he's making sure that he thrives, so he doesn't go bonkers waiting for them to come back and get him. Yeah. Because he doesn't know how long there it's going to be. And like he's assembled this team, you know, he's trying to do good things. He's, yeah. He talks. I about, mean, they haven't done anything yet, but he's like training them up and. Yeah. You know. Um. Telling them they're official agents, which is adorable. So he takes Mac into the lighthouse to show off his team. And they kind of embarrass him a little bit. The one chick. They're all, you know, weird and nerdy. Because they're cosplaying. A little bit. But the one thing we do see that's important is Coulson's essence also survived the blast. And he's Max Hendrming on (laughs) a TV. It wouldn't be the 80s without that. Nope. Uh, a TV with the world's longest fucking extension cord. <laughs> yeah, because they're wheeling it around the fucking... Spinning them around in circles, going around corners, and just, they're walking, and and I'm like, um, 
when are they going to get hung up? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Zeke says that, or, or Deke says that, you know, we're assembled. you got to quit calling him. I can't help it. We're assembled. Director, lead us. That's what we need is a leader. Mm-hmm. And then Matt gets pissy and storms off. Because he's a little baby. He's a diaper baby. And right about now is when the uh, killer robots raid the lighthouse. This really is the most, I mean, I get what they're doing, but it really is the most ridiculous and also most gruesome episode. Yeah. I was blood spurting everywhere. I was surprised that this was on ABC. It's like when people say that Gremlins is a kid's Christmas movie. (laughs) And when I watched Gremlins, I mean, I watched it as a kid. And at the time, thought it was a kid's movie. I have the little book with the little record, Gizmo. and I have a stuffed puppet Gizmo, even. And I watched it as um, an older person uh i was in my 20s maybe and i was like holy shit i don't know i don't know how i knew to like gizmo there's no way i watched this movie as a kid those were different times no my parents would not have let me watch that oh okay so there's no way i i I remember i thought i remembered watching it but there's no way i did i think the pictures from the book were so good that i just like animated it in my head or something that's a fucking straight-up horror movie. Why does everybody say it's a kid's movie? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a... And this was not a kid's episode. No. It was okay. Mac finally sacks up and helps the team beat all the kill bots. But one little one finds the time stream and snatches it up and gets away. Yeah, that all the other robots were a distraction. That tiny robot was built just to grab that and book it. Yeah. Um, and the tiny little robot brings it to uh, Sybil and Nathaniel Mount. Mm-hmm. And now shit's going to get rough. I mean, not really. Not um, rougher than it's been already. The team catches up to Mac and Deke just in time for Mac to act like uh, he was waiting for him the whole time. Oh, yeah. That annoyed the piss out of me. He just got to erase that whole, how many, what, year, two years? It, yeah, almost two years. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, where we find out that not only was Deke trying to take care of Mac... And doing all of the stuff to set up a team mm-hmm. and living a life, but he was also periodically checking in on young Mac and his oh, brothers yeah. and like buying them school supplies. And this is what me made me finally start liking Deke. Yeah, because I've never really liked him before. Because no. he just kind of he steals tech and lies and says it's his, and he's kind of a bum. He's kind of Star Lord. Yeah, I mean, but he's a product of his time. Sure. Um, it's hard to judge him. He keeps telling his grandmother that she needs to bump lemons with his grandfather. Yeah, hurry up and, like, no, hurry up and make me exist, man. And since they're outside of the fucked up timeline, they do need to bump lemons, so to speak. (laughs) Um, but this is what made me like Deke. He is, 
taking care of the kids, bringing them stuff, bought the them a a car because uh, Mac is like, that's a nicer car that I remember my uncle having, and Deke is like, oh, is it? <laughs> hmm, that's interesting. Um, he's way better dude than anybody gives him credit for, especially his grandpa. Yeah, Bobo. <laughs> So as we make it into the back half of the season, um, the time machine is messing up so badly that they're jumping every few minutes at shorter and shorter intervals. And eventually, they're going to jump themselves into a singularity by jumping while they're in the middle of the jump. And somewhere in there, Yo-Yo has lost her powers. Yes. Yo-Yo has not been able to use her powers properly since... Uh, they took the alien shriek thing out of her at the end of the last season. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And so... That's what she blamed it on, anyway. Yeah. So they could... she If she were able to use her power, she could reach in and pull the, the, the mechanism that makes it work out of it. But because nobody else is fast enough, they're fucked. So they come up with a plan to go to Sky's mom at the afterlife so that Sky's mom can help her fix her powers. I do not agree with this plan at all. It makes no sense. So May and Yo-Yo go there. There's some weird shit going on with a girl who turns out to be Sky's sister. Daisy's sister. Yeah, I'm sorry. Daisy's sister. Quake. Tremors. Who is being repressed and is called too dangerous. And she escapes and is about to kill herself when when Nathaniel shows up and stops her. And convinces her that he has a way to fix everything. And that she doesn't need to repress her powers. She needs to learn to control them. Uh, like duh. I was really annoyed at this entire situation because you think a bunch of inhumans with powers would understand that what you need to do is learn how to use your powers, not try to never use them at all because they're too strong. Yeah. That is illogical. Every other inhuman there gets taught how to control their powers. Well, I think the difference is every other inhuman there doesn't have to quote-unquote, control them because they're mild. Yeah. Hers just happen to be explosive. But instead of taking her out into a field and saying, it doesn't matter if anything gets ruined here, figure out how to temper it, they lock her up. They imprison her and abuse her. Yeah. Which we all know is exactly how you get super villains. And let her hear them talking about putting her down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that one idiot just wants to murder everybody. Um, Daisy's mom tells Yo-Yo that the problem is not a physical problem. It's in her head. And they go about trying to heal her emotionally by May's empathy tapping into her bad feelings. We get some backstory for Yo-Yo, but nothing really works. Uh, then uh, Nathaniel raids the compound, and everybody barely gets away with their lives. 
They eventually get back to the ship, and Yo-Yo realizes she doesn't have to snap back, which was the thing that was catching her up in, in her head, and she manages to pull out the power and save the ship, and everybody is happy. Convenient. Yes. Um, except then the ship jumps again, and we get uh, what is possibly the best episode of the season. Which episode is this? The time loop. Oh. I found that to be annoying. Really? Yeah, because Daisy was the center of it. Ah, for no good fucking reason. Well, they didn't really explain it, but... Except that she was in the stupid healing tube. Bullet. Yes. She was in the healing tube, and Coulson was also asleep. And I think this is a Langoliers thing. We're the only people that get to keep their memories are the people that were asleep when they went in. Okay. Well, I don't like it. I don't like Daisy. And this is just an episode. There's not a lot about this episode. Um, yeah, it's the same thing over and over and over again. Same thing over and over again. They have to solve a puzzle. It might as well be an episode of Star Trek. Um, I thought it was really good, and it is worth watching. Well, yeah, it was. Um and the important piece of info here is that Daisy, well, who kisses who first? Daisy kisses him first. Okay. Daisy realizes. He confesses his feelings on one loop, and then she kisses him in another loop. Yeah. They kiss twice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's important to know, but the rest of it's basically, you don't want to have it be spoiled. No. Uh, just know that they... Uh, they get out of there by Enoch sacrificing one of his most important parts yeah. to fix the time machine. Don't like that. Um, and as he's dying, uh, Coulson and Daisy are there with him. And he declares that this is their last mission. Yeah, Daisy, who can even make someone else's death about her. Yeah. <laughs> they end up back in 1983. Nathaniel has recruited uh, John Garrett, which, as a reminder, is the guy that raised Grant Ward. Played by Bill Paxton, apparently, even yes. though that's not the face in my head. That dude does a really good job of being the, like, Bill Paxton, I, I really like him, but when he he does this certain bad guy personality that makes you want to knock the fucking shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and whoever this kid is did a really good job of being that flavor of annoying, because I really wanted to smash his face in every fucking time he opened his mouth. Yeah, oh yeah. God. Um, He's the literal worst. Yeah, some of Deke's people have made it into Shield, which was a happy, uh, a happy little moment. Some of the the team that he put together made it into real Shield. Well, just oh no, uh, the twins and the uh, dark haired chick. Yeah. What happened to the other chick though? They didn't really say, did nope. they? 
Uh, maybe she was off on a mission blowing something up. Um, Nathaniel is at afterlife and has perfected the power stealing. So he's stealing powers from a bunch of people. Um, Coulson and um, Gordon, the teleporter with no eyes, uh, they arrive on the compound to do some some recon, and Nate is waiting for them right where they show up. So they get captured. Meanwhile, even though they said, Daisy, don't talk to your mom, because you can fuck up the timeline, even more than it's already fucked up, and maybe you won't ever be born. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite all that, the you may not be born warning... Susa talked Daisy into going to talk to her mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he would do that. I don't either. Except that this isn't her timeline, and she's already been born, so she's just not going to have a person in this timeline. Which is fine with me. Um, they have a heartfelt talk where Daisy gets told that having another kid was the most important thing in, in uh, her mom's life, that her sister is her everything. And Daisy tells her that she basically grew up without a mom and that shit sucks because her mom was evil by the time she got to know her. Yeah. I really don't like this bullshit where like evil mom who literally tried to murder you like twice and you, you go back and bond with her anyway no. Yeah. No, I don't care if she's a good person now. She's not going to be. There's no fucking point. I wouldn't even look in her general direction. Nathaniel steals the teleporting powers and puts them into Garrett. Great idea. Yeah, well, at least he didn't give him the crushing your skull with his hand <laughs> power. They do really sucks at, at blipping, though. Yeah. They pour into the lighthouse uh, where uh, Nathaniel, using Daisy's powers, kills her mom. Then they kidnap Gemma and get on the Zephyr and take off. Uh, Deke just happened to be on the Zephyr doing some work. And when he realizes what happens, he's like, oh, it's like Nagasaki Towers. Mm-hmm. Because everybody wants to be in a movie with Alan Rickman. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. has Daisy's sister, who claims she wants to be S.H.I.E.L.D., but what she wants to do is kill all the evil people before they get to do evil shit. And Daisy, like, that's not what S.H.I.E.L.D. is about. Oh, does Daisy say that? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And while Nathaniel is trying to explore Gemma's mind, Daisy's sister causes a power outage, which lets Sybil into the compound and weird shit starts happening. I don't know. Listening to this, it's starting to get a little boring. <laughs> We're... We've only got a couple of episodes. You're, you're simultaneously telling too much detail and not enough. I don't know. Well, help me out. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember every single second. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Um, they end up 
Daisy decides that she uh, is going to save the only sister that matters to her, and that's Gemma Simmons. Which was a shock and a fucking half to me. And she's going to do this by being unpredictable. Yeah. Here's the thing. She knows that normally she would do the dumb thing. She knows herself well enough to know that she would make the wrong decision and try to make friends with her sister who is evil before trying to save Gemma. So she decides, okay, I'll do the opposite of what I would normally do and go do the thing she's supposed to do. Yeah. We don't forge new fucking relationships while old relationships are are in danger. It, she is so fucking stupid that even she knows. She has to make the right decision in order to fool the bad guy. It's remarkable. So Nathaniel's in space with Simmons. He summoned the Chromacons from that timeline to come. And so the crazy unpredictable thing that that Daisy decides to do is get on the Quinjet, which is not built for space travel, and fly it into space to rendezvous with the... Did they only retrofit the... I thought they retrofitted both of them. I, they had to have because they survived. Well, yeah, no. Um, I thought they did, though. And to add to the unpredictability, uh, Sousa and Mac go with her. Was it really that unpredictable, though? Like, they haven't looked at the time stream. While they have the time stream, they didn't bother to look at it. They didn't bother to understand a fucking thing. Nope. So when it got taken away from them, it changed nothing about how they handled things at all. And, uh, you know, that would have been the first thing I did, was at least look at the fucking highlights. Yeah. So they're just going off half-cocked thinking, what would I do? I would do this. Well, let me do the opposite of that then. Well, but when we're talking about probabilities and inserting observations to that, the thing that you would most un- be unlikely to do would now become the thing you'd be most likely to do. So you have to do the thing they most middle expect. Well, that's the thing. There's no way to know without the help of the time stream Yeah. which thing would be more unpredictable. Yeah. It's annoyed me. So while they're going to raid the, they're going to save Gemma in space, the Chromacons, uh, under orders in conjunction with Nathaniel, start a bombardment of all of the shield bases. Now this is what you were alluding to earlier, where they start just wiping out every shield base on the planet. Yeah. And you were upset that they watched these places blink out without any real effort to save anybody. Yeah. Because they could have saved somebody. The uh, the seer, Sybil, real th- decides that they are more likely to get the information out of Gemma's mind uh, well, they inject her with something to dissolve the device that's blocking her memories. Mm-hmm. And then she decides they're more likely to get the information if they let Daisy rescue her. So you've got Daisy and the crew walking around that ship 
of being ignored by the Chromacons like they're an ensign, a lone ensign on a board ship. Yeah, that really should have clued them in, I feel like. Yeah. They, but Daisy's so fucking dumb. The sh- it didn't even occur to her to to think that, um, you know, something's off. I can't stand her. God. Gemma's brain is really fried. They managed to get her back to the ship. And they rigged some Chromacons into a bomb and get away and... Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a message in the um, there's a message in the static that Coulson is able to decode, which tells them to go to the bar for an 084. Hmm. Yeah. Um. And Garrett, who got left for dead by his uh, fearless leader, takes them there, having blown up the lighthouse. Yeah, I don't understand why the writers of these shows think it's okay to have a bad guy just all of a sudden be a good guy again. And and nobody, nobody even remotely thinks this might be a bad idea. Well, as soon as he puffs them into the bar, you hear a shout, and then somebody shoots the teleporter straight, Garrett, straight in the head. Yeah, good thing he didn't have to go back and get anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it turns out that this message has been to a bunch of old agents, and they're all bringing in 084s and laying them on the bar. Yeah, so somebody has laid a plan decades in advance. Don't know who. With different pieces of something for every agent's family, but before they're born even. Yeah. And the remarkable thing is, none of those families are like, this is stupid. Uh, They all keep them and keep them safe. These packages. And... When Colson says, well, what's in it? The guy's like, I don't know. It wasn't in my orders to open it. What? <laughs> Your parents hand you a leather briefcase that's not locked. It says, before you were born, we were handed this by a person <clears throat> who said that we must guard this with our entire family's lives. Until we're instructed to and, do something with until it. Until we're instructed to do something with it, that it's supposed to go to you and that you will be the one. Uh, and here it is, and then you just, like, slide it under your bed at home and don't ever open it. <laughs> Absolutely not. It, it lasts about three seconds in my hands. Like, as they're talking, I'm hitting the open button on the briefcase. <laughs> Pop, what is it? Oh, it's a mechanical thing that looks like it's out of this world. Actually, each piece looks... Like it was made in the decade that uh, it was dropped off in. Yeah. So it was a cool little, like this one looked all like futuristic. Like that was definitely made in the 50s. Because it's like nothing you've ever seen, but looks like it's from the future somehow still. Uh, And there's one made out of plastic and most of it's made out of metal. And there's like all these different puzzle pieces. But they don't have a fucking clue what to do with it. Yeah. They're all just looking at it like, uh, uh uh-oh. 
But Gemma, who's still mostly out of her mind, yeah, she sees this collection, and she just impulsively starts assembling things. Gemma's completely subconscious thread to Fitz the whole time is one of the better, without Fitz even being there, one of the better relationships on TV. Oh, yeah. I swear to God. The, it's like... He's erased from her mind and yet not. And her brain is trying desperately to click him back into place. Yeah, and at this point, we've seen flashes of the future or the past. We've seen flashes of where Gemma was between seasons. Yeah. And we're not sure that Fitz is still alive. Well, you weren't. Yeah, you did convince me after a while, though, because it really it started to feel like he wasn't there. Yeah. Well, mostly because when they pulled the fucking thing out of her head to ask her questions, because they're all selfish asshole motherfuckers. Um, during the uh, that one episode, the time loop episode. Now, um, she starts screaming, and and. Grieving is the only way I could describe it. Yeah. So they were setting us up to think something really horribly awful has happened. And I think that's really when I started to believe it because, I mean, what other reaction is that? Yeah. But the device, uh, once she gets it together, uh, opens up a secret door, which leads to a panel. Uh, And this is actually a uh, machine much like they built in Endgame, which allows them access to other universes through the quantum realm. Sure. And once she activates it, uh, Fitz finally shows up. They realize pretty quickly that they need to rescue Daisy's sister because she's key to fixing everything. Yeah, that's what Fitz says. I don't understand why. Do you? Yeah. What? She what? she powered the machine. Oh. Well, I. Why? Why did Fitz not leave a message that said this person and this person Keep are essential? Alive. Yeah. I mean, ideally nobody would die, but come on, he's got to know the team better than that. Some people. Are going to be expendable. Yeah. Um, Fitz is like, this timeline had to be fucked up in order for us to save our timeline. Uh, Coulson is like, hey, no, we can't just leave these guys to die. Um, Yeah, we can. So they rework the plan a little bit. Um, We get some reveal, and I don't want to spoil the reveal because how everything worked out is amazing. Okay. I'm uh, going to skip the whole end of this season. No, 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 no. They keep some secrets from us and then end up uh, getting to it. But Fitz and Simmons spent a lot of time building the time machine uh, and preparing for this. And where all those pieces fall into place are just amazing. But they, as they're jumping into the quantum realm, they snatch up all the Chromacons that are here fucking up the planet. And take them with them to the original time. Which is quite a gamble. Yes. And then they have a big boss fight. 
because everything has to come down to fist fight. Oh, the fucking fist fight. I knew this was going to how it was going to be how it was going to go down. Because they can't help themselves. Daisy has to be in a big fucking fist fight in order to save everything. And it's really annoying. It really is. They've been thinking and planning and coming up with schemes. Uh, multiple piece plans that come together. And, and this is what we're doing? Yeah. A fist fight. They use May plugged into the Chromacon computer. Powered by Daisy's sister to upload empathy to all the Chromacons. Yeah, that's an awfully easy hand wave. It's over now. This makes them all friendly, and now the war is over. Yeah. Then, in what is supposed to appear to be a moment of self-sacrifice... Daisy causes a giant explosion on the Chromacon ship, killing the thing. I knew that was too good to be true. Of course, they immediately pluck her out of space where she's floating without any protection. Um, and she should have imploded. And her sister touches her with some light, and she's perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, her sister has, what, like energy or whatever? Yeah. A very ill-defined power set. Um, and then yeah. you, um, I, I absolutely hate everything about Daisy, her whole storyline, you know, beginning with her parents, the whole thing. I hate it. And then we start to wrap up. Now, despite Fitz telling them that that was the last time they would all be in the same room together at the same time, we get a scene where they're all walking into the bar. Well, I mean, technically they weren't all there. They weren't, but it looked like they were at first. No, I mean, not everyone was there. Oh, well, Deke wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Because they left Deke in time. Yeah. And that's just, they never liked their own grandson. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> not a single fuck. But Somebody had to his, stay behind to operate the knife. They're also not in his timeline. They've already fucked up yeah. the timeline, so they're not in his timeline. No. Deke is going to grow up and not even be that same person. No. He's going to have the face, but he won't have the personality at all. He may not even have the face. Who's to say that with the world not shattered, that his she mom is even going to end yeah. up with the same guy at the same time? Oh, wouldn't that just be karma? They act like it's no big deal that they lost him in time. Um, He's the only one that actually did sacrifice himself, and nobody cares. And then they never get him. Yeah. Uh, but a year later, uh, they're having a reunion. And we get some pretty, pretty solid resolution. Yeah, I mean, exactly what you said was going to happen. They're all doing their own thing. Yeah. They're all, like, literally right now doing their own thing. They're only there. In As like holograms. A, uh, yeah, hologram simulation thing. It's like futuristic teams. Yeah. Um. Nobody's doing anything remotely interesting, though. They're all just... They're, I think they're all like, doing... Yeah, they're all just furthering their careers. It's not exciting. Well, it's like being in the army and, and you know. Fitzsimmons is retired to have a family. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is a shock. Colson's on walkabout, apparently. Yeah, because, well, he didn't have to eat or anything, so. Yeah. Without needing food or shelter, he's kind of a free agent. Uh, 
Daisy and her sister and uh, uh, Sousa are off playing Space Force. Uh, May is running the Shield Academy, which is a perfect job for her. Yeah, no, she's not running it. She's a lecturer at the Coulson Academy. Yeah, oh, that was amazing. I I, I got a little misty when I saw that they yeah. named it but, after him. But she's a lecturer. She's not an administrator. Fair enough. There's no way she would ever be an administrator. Fair enough. Um, and then Mac and Yo-Yo are, are running missions. Mm-hmm. What about Daisy? She's off in space with Sousa and her sister. You think Sousa's... Yes, we saw them. Oh, yeah, that's right. But they're being all domestic is what I meant. Yeah, kind of. They're together. Yeah. Not kind of, they're together. Yeah. Well, I say kind of domestic because they're on a spaceship and not like retired... On a homestead somewhere. Okay, well, it's still domestic if they're living together. Just because she doesn't have a kitchen and doesn't have to clean and change diapers doesn't mean it's not domestic. And the last scene we get is that Mac has given Coulson a going-away present. He has rebuilt Lola. Yeah, I don't... I don't understand why it changes into a black even fancier version of the car, but sure. Yeah, I don't know. And then it, it went stealth mode as he was flying it around. Well, the so. other one had that. Yeah. And that is the end of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, now that you've described all that, I'm kind of glad it's over. Uh, I don't have much to say. There's not a lot to complain about. No. It was a- I mean, except for Daisy, Daisy, Daisy. No, it was a great season. What was what was the what were the highlights? I don't. You just told them all. No. What was your favorite part? Uh, well, that's a different question. I didn't have one. I really didn't. I was just watching it and letting it happen. Okay. I, I mean, I liked that Koenig was there. Yes, Koenig was awesome. Uh, no, Koenig. Yeah. Grandpa Koenig, her daddy Koenig. No, Grandpa Koenig. It was Grandpa Koenig. Yeah. That was cool. Who was very interested in robotics. Um, yeah, but I liked his whole personality. Yeah. The, the speakeasy and the, how he, uh, <laughs> the alcohol he consumed in order to hide Coulson and the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the way that he just, uh, I mean, if you're a bootlegger or, you know, an illicit, uh, alcohol seller you have to be quick on your feet and, yeah. and he was not like that no, i i thought that they did the time travel especially the the 50s and uh, the 70s i thought that I don't was know why you like the 70s so much well, the 30s 40s and 50s were good it was amazing the whole aesthetic the all of that was great yeah they did a good job i just don't like the 70s or the 80s so it wasn't interesting yeah. to me. There was it's like that's I I was born in the seventies and grew up in the eighties and nineties and it's just not interesting for me to look at. And all of the all of the touch points to the the stuff not only from the this show but from other events in the MCU, I thought that was all done very well. Um, it was a great time travel season. Yeah, the only thing that I didn't care for really was the um, 
the fact that they were tethered to the aliens. So they really were just at the mercy of the aliens. Yeah. Which kept them always two steps behind. Yeah. There was no point to that. There really was. If they had not gone, then the aliens wouldn't have had anything to rail against. Like it would have gone completely differently. Then they could have gone back and like, if they had waited for them to do their mission and leave, then they could have gone back in time and fixed it without them being there. Yeah. They just needed to find a power source. And they've got lots of really smart people right there in that ship. And they, they could have done it. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm pressed for the worst parts of the season, uh, Max Pity Party. Uh-huh. That was annoying as hell. Uh, the inconsistent, the, <laughs> the inconsistent way they applied their ripples not waves mission yeah uh and because again these people are all run by emotion yeah and and not logic and it's annoying and most of the contrived most of the inhuman nathaniel malik stuff felt contrived even though they needed a driving force to get them back engaged didn't need him Uh, at all I felt like they should not have interacted with him at all. Yeah. I, I felt like that was one of the parts of the season that was supposed to be a callback that felt a little forced. Well, I, I didn't care about calling back. I, I, I didn't know who the fuck he was. I mean, I knew who he was, but I didn't fucking know who he was. Um, that's fair. The thing was they should not have interacted with him. The more you interact with the major players, the more you're fucking with shit. And they should not have... What they should have done has been in the background and interfered with the Chromacons. Yeah. Not him. Pulling Sousa out of the timeline made me really happy, though. Well, like Sousa said, does that mean they always did that? Were they supposed to be there? Yeah. We don't know. Because that part of how time works, we're not privy to. And there's no way to know because they set it up so it looked like he really did die. So he did. Yeah. And they did it before most of the changes happened. So that could have still been connected to the original timeline. Who knows? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Once, Once they realized they were on a different timeline, they should have just gone back to their timeline. Because they wouldn't have been affected. Yeah. Let that timeline fuck itself up. Yeah. Once once they've uh, moved ahead on the time in this time stream and they failed that first mission or they failed something. I don't remember. They had to go again. They should have just stopped. Yeah. But I guess they couldn't because they needed the power. The way they set this up was really dumb. Why the fuck they didn't just straightforward come up with the power source? I mean, seriously, like, they know that uh, Iron Man's got the... Arc reactor. Yeah. So, is that strong enough? Could they have just grabbed one of those? It's Iron Man. He'd share. <laughs> or Pepperwood. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Them being tethered to the Chromacons was annoying to me. That, I would say, was the worst part. The 
part where they were following around and didn't really know what they were doing. It felt very amateurish a lot of time. Yeah. And maybe it's just because they were doing things that reminded me of how the runaways make decisions mm-hmm. and that it really just started to piss me off because these are supposed to be adults. They're also, not only that, but they're supposed to be trained adults. Yeah. They're supposed to be mature. Some of the smartest that S.H.I.E.L.D. has to offer. Well, two of them are. Yeah. The rest of them are, I mean, you know. Yeah. Who they are. I don't think trying to connect this too heavily with the uh, the main MCU is useful, I think. Well, it's also not necessary because you've got a whole character that's from the MCU. Yeah. Like, you've got... Um, yeah, but much like last season kind of felt divorced from the movies, this... this yeah, because we're not... It's not... They're traveling in time, so... Yeah. Nothing that's going on in the on their timeline in the present is relevant. Yeah, it's actually a rather convenient way to do that. Yeah, so that we don't have to get upset they're not talking about it because it doesn't matter right now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, boy, while they're time traveling, they could just you know slip in to the early two thousands and talk to Tony. <laughs> Or, you know, Tony's dad. That, my love, is season 34. Mm -hmm. Where does it rank on the list? I think it ranks pretty high, don't you? I do, too. Um, I don't know. I think it goes higher than The Gifted. So I'm done liking that show. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Um, I think it's... I think, especially since it's a finale season... I think it's better than the uh, season where they were in the virtual reality. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like 90%. Is it better than the second season of Punisher? I mean, yeah. Is it better than the last season of Jessica Jones? What do you think? I think I cared more about it. Yeah, so this just became the, the number one season. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. All right. The 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 annoying thing is these this show actually got a chance to be around long enough for the actors to be comfortable and for the writers to understand how they behave and then it's done. Yeah. The other shows we've watched have only been around for a year or two and they never get comfortable. No. Um hopefully we'll at least see Colson again. I mean, Colson's a part of the main movies. Your face says no. And now your face further says no. Your face is confirming no. So there are rumors that they are going to bring some of the characters from... If they bring Daisy, so help me God, I'll lose my shit. So help me God. Yeah, well, I don't want to know. Okay. All right. What are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching the only movie released in 2020. Well, that's a surprise. There was only one. Because, you know, COVID. And it isn't even an MCU movie. Oh, no. What is it? New Mutants. 
that that's the one I've already seen, isn't it? With uh, shit, the uh, that um, that one scene with the dragon or bear or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, bear. Yeah, this one's the one with Arya Stark and. Yeah, uh, I didn't dislike this one. No, this also uh, didn't have a background for it or was not paying that much attention, so it could be trash. I don't know. No, this was postponed quite a bit because of COVID, and it didn't get the best um, reviews or, or bo- uh, box office. Well, it didn't get box office because nobody's sitting in a theater for two hours with a mask on their face. I know I fucking wasn't. Yeah. But um, these characters are some of my favorite characters in the in the X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought they, they did a pretty good job. Wait, is it Sansa or Arya? Aria. Sansa is Phoenix. Can you just answer the question? Aria. The girl with no name. <clears throat> I I know who the other one is, and I was asking which one, to be sure. Okay. Because it's mutants, and you're... It could have been the other girl. Yeah. Sheesh. Um, okay. Well, yay. I'm so enthused. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a pretty good movie. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching it with you. It is time for you to speed me, Seymour. Okay. We'll see you here next week. On Marvel Movie Night.